everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Media Book Podcast, your weekly shop talk on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. Today is November the 7th, 2023. It is episode 408, and we're great, and it's great to see you listening to the Media Boat Podcast. Yep, coming right to both your eyeballs on YouTube and your ears on your podcasting feeds. So let's get right into this episode then, shall we? And we always start with the music section. We start the music section with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And guess what? It's not a cruel summer anymore. (laughs) No. But it is still a Taylor summer, (laughs) or Taylor (laughs) fall, actually, as she is... Four out of the top five songs. So let's crank them out one by one. First up, Is It Over Now? Taylor's version is your number one song. Followed by at two, Now That We Don't Talk, Taylor's version. Uh, At three, Slut, Taylor's version. And then at five, Say Don't Go, Taylor's version. All Taylor Swift. The only odd one out there. Is coming in at number four, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Yes, dominating week again for Taylor. Didn't quite get that all total top five like Midnight's did, but almost. It was very, very close. Almost. And all of this is because in the Billboard 200, your albums chart, 1989, Taylor's version, was released by Taylor Swift. You don't say. Uh, but she does not control all top five of the album slots. No. Uh, at two, 17th Heaven, colon, 11th mini album, EP by 17. Uh, this is the um, K-pop band, right, 17? Yes, they are K-pop yes. group. Uh, at three, we have For All the Dogs by Drake. Coming in at four, Nadie Sabe Lo Que Va A Pasar Mañana by Bad Bunny. And running out your top five, One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. If it's true. You, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases, starting with Hadsel by Beirut, Higher by Chris Stapleton, or is that Higher? Something like that. That's something where he like he drags on the Higher. Wait, no, <laughs> I, I, I get more twang of that. There you go. Much better. Uh, we also have Heaven Knows by Pink Pantheris. And lastly, Cold War Kids. Yes, those Cold War Kids with Cold War Kids by Cold War Kids. <laughs> yes. Yes. A self-titled album. Yes, after all these years, self-titled <laughs> album. <laughs> All right, as we mentioned, Taylor Swift was both the number one song and number one album, but wait, there are more Taylor records. As Taylor Swift's 1989, Taylor's version, has now gone down on the books as giving the singer her best first week tally for an album ever. The release tops the Billboard 200 with 1.65 million equivalent album units 
That puts it ahead of her previous personal best, which, as you mentioned, was Midnight's with 1.57 million units, which was released just over a year ago in October. Needless to say, among the Swift albums, this one performed better in its first week than its in its original 1989, the Big Machine Records version, which bowed nine years ago with a then astonishing 1.29 million units. Billboard reports that this is officially the biggest first week for any album since 2015's uh, Adele's album, 25, which debuted to 3.48 million album units. It's also the sixth largest week for an album since Luminate's predecessor, SoundScan, uh, began providing immediate weekly data all the way back to 1991. So they kind of, I was kind of surprised by, um, to learn in this music story that they changed the name of Soundscan. Yes, to Luminate. I just learned that. Uh, But still, Uh Adele holding that record with 3.48 million units. Yeah, that's a huge total. um, And it's going to take a lot to reach that. But um, as it pertains to Taylor, I guess the question is now... Is this the biggest this project goes? Do you think that her re-record of her debut record or reputation can outdo 1989's numbers here? I'm gonna say no, just yeah. because when 1989 came out, it was a huge pop hit. It's what put her into that pop chart, that's that firm pop window and here is just re-recordings of that i think you're gonna get the same thing with reputation which followed after it and then especially with the debut album which Mm -hmm. by this time when it comes out it's gonna be 15 years later probably (laughs) almost if not if not 16 um yeah it's interesting to think about like i think we got the most like the like the, the last of the super big number one hits that she needed to re-record. Mm-hmm. I believe there are a couple of number ones from Reputation. I want to say Ready For It was a number one. Uh, that being said, I don't think it was as big of an album. And I think overall, I think you are going to see slightly diminishing returns. Now, here's the extra question. Since this will probably maybe question mark be the last story about this for a little bit that we cover here. What do you think is next? Do you think she does debut reputation or do you think she does reputation debut? I think she does next album. No, scratch that. She doesn't do next album. Next thing that she puts out is going to be the Eras Tour live album. Okay. Taylor's version. Uh-huh. No, no. The Eras Tour. And then six months later, Eras Tour Taylor's version. And then uh, Reputation, then a new album, then uh, Evermore Taylor's version, and then a debut Taylor's version. Yes. I mean, any combination of these things could happen. Um, I don't know if you're right about the Eras Tour stuff. She specifically, I know she's on the record that she's holding off on any streaming release of it until the um, the SAG after strike is over. Mm. Oh, 
No, it has nothing to do with the tour link. No, she's holding off. I read an article where apparently her team says that they will not negotiate with any of the streaming networks until the SAG after strike ends. She's specific. She's on purpose holding it above them until they make good with the actors, which I think is hilarious. So that's the reason why that hasn't been. So I wonder if there's going to be something similar with the with a like streaming uh, audio streaming or like CD release or vinyl release. I wonder if she's waiting for all of that to come out at once. Um, as for release schedule, beside that, I don't know. Like. My first thought was, well, she tends to do a big one and a small one, or sorry, a small one and then a big one. That's what she did in 2023, right? She mm-hmm. did the Speak Now re-release and then the 1989 re-release, uh, summer, fall, respectively. I wonder if there's going to be something like that here. If it was me, I would say debut reputation and then new album in the next calendar year 2025 that's that's just that's what i would do is that just because reputation is more pop so it would lead into new album new pop album possibly yeah i think it's a good it's a better um uh segue i think it would be hard to segue off a debut into anything (laughs) so i think debut is going to be a weird one to, to, to to see her do i mean i think it's going to be I really wonder what she's going to do with that record um, and what the vault tracks will sound like, question mark. <laughs> Who knows? But... Maybe she'll have her own driver's license uh, uh, talk about a topic in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her own song about parallel parking. Yes. Anyways, let's move on. Why don't we? Let's move on to where Taylor will eventually end up, the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> Uh, well, Rage Against the Machine was there. Half of them. Half of them. Uh, <laughs> the group's explosive influence was vividly detailed in an electrifying tribute video in Ice-T's introductory speech. Quote, I think Rage has the greatest rock lyric of all time. Wait, let's see if I can get this right. Fuck yeah. um, you, I don't, I don't, don't do what you tell me. Close. Yeah. Uh, And guitarist Tom Morello's acceptance speech. Uh, Always an inspired speaker, he noted that the often feuded band members, Morello, Tom Morello, and singer Zach De La Rocha, have, quote, differing perspectives on a lot of things, including being included. Uh, Inducted. Inducted. But pay tribute not only to them, but also the fifth member of the band, the group's fans, and noted that the president of Chile and Finland, quote, have all spent time in our mosh pits, end quote. Uh, Zach De La Roche was later seen attending a pro-Palestine rally in Washington, D.C. Once again, raging. Yeah, so the story here is that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony happened. If you want to see all four hours of it, it's on Disney+. Plus. We chose not to watch all of it, uh, <laughs> so so we don't have full thoughts about it here. But what, what I will say is, is that the reason why I focused on this bit was, to me, it was the most like, interesting bit of all of it. Um, I think the other big story was that Kate Bush, who was inducted, uh, chose not to appear. 
Um, so that's another little tidbit from the from the Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, it goes to show you that like um that even in 2023 when they're being honored for their legacy you have um a member of them like still actively engaging in political disruption and and acting on what they believe and that's pretty cool to see on an institution that that's old that's that old and that's been doing it for this long that they can still be an inspiration like that and still raging against that machine which is literally why they're named that well, don't tell the Republicans which machine they are raging against. <laughs> yeah, I think they're a little confused about that part, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, there's not really much of a story here. I just want to mention it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if I am going to bear through. Maybe maybe, I, maybe that's what I do tonight. Maybe I just uh, pop open um, one of the Green Chic beer IPAs that I got this week and just <laughs> watch all four hours of this. Maybe I'll do that tonight. <laughs> uh, I mean... So Willie Willie Nelson inducted this time as well. Was he? I think he was already. In, I thought he was already in there, but I could be wrong. Um, There's a long list, and I, yeah, I kind of just skimmed through the article of everything that happened. It seemed like a lot. Uh, let's see here. Twenty three inductees: Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson. Yeah. And Rage Against the Machine. There you go. All right. Yeah, because I tried to turn it on just to watch the Willy part. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then yes. uh, the Spinners, DJ, Cool Herc, Link Ray, Shaka Khan, who I think, uh, yeah, this was last time. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Shaka Khan, Al Cooper, Bernie Toppin, and Don Cornelius. So Your lots. current inductees. So a lot happened. Uh, tune in to Disney Plus or Hulu to watch all of that. It's on Hulu as well, right? Yes. Okay. It was live streamed on Disney Plus, but available on Hulu the next day. There you go. So check it out if you have a chance. In the meantime, uh, let's move on. You have thoughts? Yeah. Um, last week, um, we talked about the posthumous album for Jimmy Buffett. Equal straight on all parts. It doesn't quite uh, fit on the Chiron here, but you get the idea. Yeah, you can't just put <laughs> Mr. Buffett. <laughs> Wait, no, that's someone else. <laughs> that's his father. No, that's a Warren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Jimmy Buffett, famous for island music, famous for drinking and relaxing, and overall being, what, 70 and having a relaxing good time <laughs> yeah chilling out with uh with some sort of uh drink with an umbrella in it mm-hmm. uh preferably maybe on a beach yeah uh you know you're talking about margaritas and it doesn't have to be a margarita it could be like a mai tai i don't know some sort of uh, island so, beverage yeah so here he is with the um his posthumous album uh equal strain on all parts and it is Exactly what you think it is. Um, being into his elderly age does not miss a beat here. Drinking, relaxing. Uh, there's a song called "My Wheat" or "My Gummy" just kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so, not saying that we know what he's doing, but hey, we know what uh, where, where his uh thoughts now lie, <laughs> or were, were did 
Past tense. Yes. Uh, overall, it's a island music. It's an island vibe. Um, it's. I'm trying to like put this in good light, but when you open with a song saying that you went and partied in um, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. It's like, okay, I know where this is going. One, you're, you're like 60, you're a 60 year old man, 70 year old man singing about partying in New Orleans. I'm not sure how many people are actively living that lifestyle that you're projecting in their age. Although I can't really say that because I know some people yeah, of that say, age who specifically would indeed be doing that. <laughs> I mean, I can say firsthand having visited one of his Margaritaville branded communities in Florida, where a bunch of seniors over age 65 live and party and drink and do all these things. I can tell you there is a demographic that does engage in this behavior at that age. It's 100% a real thing. And Jimmy was preaching to them like a hundred percent. And will do forever, even beyond the grave. Um, And yeah, so, so what I'm getting from this is that this is just, a Jimmy Buffett record. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, uh, the song is called University of Bourbon Street. <laughs> so um sure, sure. Uh, one of the more somber songs that I really liked on this album was called Bubbles Up. It's like when your time's up, bubbles up. Aww. I was like, ah, oh, hit you right in the field. It's not it's one of those like um cool, like wash over your yourself vibe, vibey songs that just Hits at the right tone, but then later in the later in the album, you have songs like "Like My Dog" and "Fish Porn." So, combine that with, uh, like I said, the "My Gummies Just Kicked In" and the title track itself, "Equal Strain on All Parts." Uh, mm-hmm. You get a little bit of mix of both. Of just, he does not take any of this seriously. I don't. I mean, he probably never took music seriously. But especially like lyric wise, it's just a party and a half on all albums. I mean, I think his party songs were well written. I think he does a good job of making you feel like you're there. I think that he's very descriptive, a good storyteller. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. He didn't take himself seriously, which is, I think, the thing. You, there's always a sense mm-hmm. of humor. There's always a sense of lightness to it. And I think that's what drew, drew people to his music is that a relatable, fun time was going to happen if you put on one of his songs. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get with this album. So it's a very Jimmy Buffett album. And if if he's going to go out, he's going to go out the way he wanted. And just island songs and having a blast of a time. Yep, seems like a fitting goodbye, which which is nice to see. Yep. Cool. All righty. Listen, anything else? Uh, I did not because we talked about 1989 Taylor's version right last week. Yep, it was just week two of Taylor for me as well. So uh, we can safely, I believe, move on yep. into our next section here, and we go right into video games. Indeed. We start with new releases, including Stronghold Definitive Edition for the PC, Tales of Arise colon. Beyond the Dawn for everything but the Switch. We also have Super Double Dragon for everything but the PS5. 
hey, do you like Double Dragon? Because there's a lot of Double Dragon this week. Uh, we also have Double Dragon Collection for the Switch. Double Dragon Advance for everything but the PS5. And but the Game Boy Advance. Hmm? Nothing. I was making a joke about the Game Boy Advance oh. not being included. When the game is called Double Dragon Advance. Advance, yes. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but then there's also, like a dragon, Gaiden, colon, the man who erased his name. That is available for everything but the Switch. So that, just to let people know, that is, as the Gaiden name implies, a side story, shorter format game in the Yakuza universe, or the Like a Dragon universe, as it's now known. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have Dungeons 4 for the PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Cuisiner for the PC. Or Berserk. Cuisineer? Cuisineer. 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 Uh, we also have a Berserk, colon, recharged for everything. You got it. You can play it. And lastly, Spirit T for the PC, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Missed one. Uh, no, I didn't because this is early access. No, it's not. That was on the third. Uh, that was on the third. Uh, you're right. That was on the third. Well, if you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, then you'll be able to play Call of Duty <laughs> Modern Warfare 3, which comes out this week on the PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, um, your boyfriend's house, your husband's house, <laughs> your teenager's house. I mean, to be to be clear, it, you don't have to have Modern Warfare 2. This is a separate product <laughs> that they are putting on store shelves in the whole nine yards. So yes, Modern Warfare 3 is out this week in timing for Veterans Day on Friday. So there you go. Yes, but if you didn't understand 2, how are you going to understand 3? You got to start all the way back at 1. So, uh, what's the other guy's name? I don't remember. Ghost. I don't know. They're all here. Ghost and Soap and Sarge. (laughs) Sarge. There's probably a guy named Sarge. I don't know. I haven't Guy, played a and uh guys named Captain. <laughs> I, I don't think I've played a Call of Duty games campaign since Modern Warfare 3 2009. Um so it's been mm-hmm. a while. Uh, so I have no idea what's going on in these games. Uh supposedly um it's, there's also a continuation of the zombie virus that was introduced yes. in uh Black Ops 2. Yeah, zombie so that's mode a part comes of this back here. Uh, yep. so. so they're trying to treat, treat this like a culmination. But also, it's a retread of a game that came out already. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly a retread. From what I understand, the um, the campaign is new. And mm-hmm. some of the maps are new. But it does have a lot of maps from um, both the original Modern Warfare 3 and Modern Warfare 2. So, yeah. A lot of stuff. Classic nostalgia for Modern Warfare fans. Well, if you like shooters and you like classic nostalgia. Do I? Well, do I have a story for you? And guess what? You don't have to go that far back to enjoy this shooter because Fortnite enjoyed its biggest 24-hour period in history over this past weekend thanks to Fortnite OG event. Yep. Wait, I do that. That's not a Taylor's version. Okay. Uh, <laughs> according to a X tweet posted on the game's official Twitter X account, 
The game saw record player counts on Saturday, November 4th. Quote, Way to start things off with a big bang. We're blown away by the response to Fortnite OG. Yesterday was the biggest day in Fortnite's history with over 44.7 million players jumping in and 102 million hours of play. To all Fortnite players, OG and new, uh, thank you. According to a third-party tracker uh, for Fortnite, uh, GG, Fortnite GG? The name of the Fortnite tracker is Fortnite.gg. Weird. (laughs) So Fortnite tracker, Fortnite.gg. The game hit its all-time peak of concurrent players during this period with a peak of 600, wait up. 6,000, <laughs> no, sorry, extra comma there, 6.1 million people playing the game at the same time at one point. So congratulations to Fortnite OG. You've done exactly, you followed directly into the same steps of World of Warcraft when they rolled out its classic version. And then also, as we mentioned, with Call of Duty, when they rolled out their Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2020 version? 2019 version? Oh, yeah. I forget when that happened. But, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's interesting because, yeah, it goes to show you how much people have nostalgia, quote-unquote, for something that's not even that old. Mm-hmm. Like, what, five, six years old? Um, and, yeah, people really love that original map, and they were excited to see it. So they came in record numbers. Uh, second note about this... Um, is that uh what was i gonna say add it and then it leapt right out of me um but yeah so it's interesting to see um a game like this try to recapture some of that magic oh the other thing i was gonna say is oh yeah apparently it was so popular that there were queues and there are never queues for fortnite you can usually just hop into a game right away there were queues on apparently the day that this season started because of so many people being excited to play the old map again so they are Activision Blizzard. <laughs> no, different company altogether. By the way, it occurred to me today that I don't know if we actually reported on the show that the Activision uh, buyout actually did get closed and happened. We did. Oh no, did we talked. We talked about it when it passed the European. Uh, market. So yeah, in case uh, you're listening to the show and you're wondering, like, why did they never talk about that? Uh, well, yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, other news happened. We, I guess well, we, we have about talked it. about it. We talked about it to death. We're just going, jumping through hoops right. and everything. But yeah, I just wanted to do my due diligence and mention, yes, it closed. Apparently, Phil Spencer showed up at BlizzCon uh, this last week to mm-hmm. say some stuff to the crowd there and be like, yes, yes, I'm here. Um, so yeah, that happened. But that has nothing to do with Fortnite. <laughs> no. Oh, speaking of blizzcon real briefly i know yeah. we're not really in thoughts but uh i did play that warcraft rumble game because it came out this week because of Yay! blizzcon yeah what was up with that uh well see well i played it because i thought it was going to be another um like moba pvp yeah is it not because it had rumble in the name yeah nope nope no? it's it's a um i mean it's set up like that but it's more of a tower defense hmm. where you're setting out your 
guys on certain paths and they're destroying or capturing towers in the wake. Hmm. So not what I thought. Also, a lot of the characters, I have no idea what I'm peering into because it's World <laughs> of Warcraft. <laughs> Fair. So I'm trying to be like, oh, like there's the faction symbol. These guys all belong in the same team then. They should all work together. And I'm like, why is this not working? Why is this not working? Why is this not working? So uh, it, it's, it feels like it's for a specific type of people sure. who really like World of Warcraft and want to play like a mobile version of it, but not like a true mobile version of it. So seems niche. It is very niche. That's why I'm like not really including it to thoughts, but it's a mobile game. Yeah. Well, what we are including is the second story of video games. Yes, this broke today. This is breaking news as of a couple hours ago. Yes, and it's going to go right into our thought because this is our Nintendo block. Yes. So, in case we are the first you are hearing for this, one, <laughs> thank you. This <laughs> deeply, deeply appreciate this. But also, two, earth-shattering news. Yeah. Um, World-shattering news, I guess? Shield-shattering news. Shields. High and shattering <laughs> news. Yes. So, as Nintendo has announced that it will develop a live-action film of The Legend of Zelda. The film will be produced by Shigeru Miyamoto, a representative director and fellow of Nintendo and veteran Hollywood producer Avi Arad mm-hmm. uh, of the Spider-Man films, yep. uh, who is the former chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment. Specifically, the Sony version and Spider-Man. Pre-MCU. Yes. Um, The film will be produced by Nintendo and Arid Productions and directed by Wes Ball, who was the director behind the Maze Runner trilogy and next year's and recently dropped trailer of Mm -hmm. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. The film will be co-financed by Nintendo and Sony Pictures Entertainment, with more than 50% of the financing coming from Nintendo. Quote, by producing visual contents of Nintendo IP by itself, Nintendo is creating new opportunities to have people from around the world to access the world of entertainment which Nintendo has built through different means apart from its dedicated game consoles, end quote, the company said. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, it's happening. Now, this is means live action film, not, yes. n- not animated Super Mario Brothers illumination right. film. Yes. This is live action Sony video game adaptation. Most recently, the one that they did was, I believe, Monster Hunter. Was it? Wait, was that legendary? That was legendary. Okay. Um, but this is still Sony's. Oh, Sony's recent video game adaptation was the Gran Turismo film. Don't forget Uncharted. How could you forget Uncharted? <laughs> because most people do. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's interesting that we're getting all this news now. Of course, just like the Mario movie was announced way ahead of time. Don't expect this movie. Anyway, anytime soon, probably two, three years down down the pipe here for production, especially when there's still a strike on and nobody can act in it. 
a couple other notes about this. So yeah, a lot of people are complaining about Avi Arad being like associated with this. He hasn't had the most stellar record since the Marvel days. Um, he put out that Uncharted movie with Sony, though. Um, so there's something to be said about that. At least that came out. But he's also been attached to a lot of other video game adaptations that just disappeared and never happened, like the Metal Gear Solid film. Um, so that's that's one note there. It's like, don't get you know too much hopes up just in case. Um, second, though, this is going to be Nintendo's first um, film of the of this type through their new Nintendo Pictures label. So it's being distributed by Sony. But the reason why they're over fifty percent financing this thing is because they they are now a producer. They are now a production company. Like they are doing this movie. This is their movie. Like straight up. And they're making sure that it's over fifty percent being fine yes. for Nintendo. So Sony can't say it's our money. You're right. going to do what we say. This is not a Spider-Man situation. Yes. And Nintendo was aware of that kind of deal and did not want that kind of deal. Uh, the fact that Sony has agreed to this at all is surprising. But um, they had, I guess they probably saw what Universal's success was with the Super Mario Brothers movie and said, why don't we just take the risk? Let them have creative control of this thing. Right. And I'm not sure why they went with Aviara. I'm not surprised. Amy Pascal. I'm not surprised. More of the driving force behind the Spider-Man stuff. I think it's the Uncharted movie. I think they that is probably their template for this, combined with you know, um, modern fantasy film like say like you know like a Lord of the Rings is not even modern anymore. I can't use that as example, but yeah. Um, So does this mean that Tom Holland is Zelda (laughs) and Zendaya is Link? So yeah, that's the other half of this conversation, which what does a live-action Legend of Zelda film even look like? Does Link talk? Does he have a personality? Does he have... What hap- What do you do with Legend of Zelda? Is it Timothy Zelda? Chalamet? Is it about Zelda? That's an interesting angle. Like, is it about the kingdom? Do you make Zelda the protagonist and so that way you don't have to deal with the question about Link? Or do you have to have Link because that's what people expect from the franchise. There's a lot of questions. I say you do a storybook mode where it is Zelda being trapped, telling the story of the hero who leapt through time to save her. And that way, whatever happens, you can frame it as, oh, that's just Zelda telling the story. (laughs) Not understanding what actually happened. Sure. Eh, I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch. Okay, but it's a now, framing device to get it outside of a traditional, like, actual Zelda film. And now, the fun part. Now let's cast it. All right, Kat, we need a Link and a Zelda. Well, Jason Momoa is Ganondorf. That's good. That's really good. I like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, outside of your... Uh, Timothy Chalamet and your uh, Tom Holland. <laughs> Who do you get to play your Zelda? Lead? Assuming this is a 2026-2027 picture. That's right. Yeah, you get somewhat fresh. Yeah. Right. What's going on with anybody? Uh, I hate to say this. Uh, from Gen V? <laughs> sure. Maybe. Somewhere Maybe. There. Uh, because you gotta get someone young, but not too young, because you want them to play 
essentially Link and Zelda for years to come. What are you thinking? I don't know. It's tough. Um, I don't know. I think I think you just go full, just a story about Zelda. I don't think you. I don't think you need like Anya Taylor Joy. Wait, no, she's mm, already Peach. Mm, no, yeah, she's already <laughs> in the universe. I thought Saoirse Ronan for a second, but then I'm like, well, they might want somebody slightly y- younger by then. Mm-hmm. I can't think of who that would be. What's Kiernan Shipka doing? <laughs> Anyway, all right, let's move on. We can't do this forever, but much as we'd love to, we can't cast this. Hey, like, like you said, they got to find someone who will be their characters in two years when it's mm-hmm. released, and then for an additional six years, supposedly, you know, because franchising. Yeah, because because thanks. Right. Anyway, that will be in the future. Of course, we'll report if more details come out about it. But for now. It is just a, no pun intended, pipe dream. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Well, let's go down the pipe dream and pop out in some thoughts. Yes. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, I played a couple of new Nintendo Switch releases. Both of these games came out on the 3rd last week. Um, one of them I played a lot more of than the other. And you'll be surprised to hear my answer about will which I... one was which. Will I be surprised? Maybe you won't, but maybe the the the... the, the the populace, the, the people of the world will be surprised. Um, so I picked up both WarioWare Move It, the new WarioWare game for the Switch, and Fashion Dreamer, um, a fashion game made by the team at Marvelous who used to make the Style Savvy series for the DS and 3DS. I have played a grand total of 45 minutes of WarioWare. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's because and, they're short games. Been going on maybe, I don't know, an obnoxious amount of Fashion Dreamer. Like maybe 10, 10 hours plus. Okay, so did you beat Fashion Dreamer? Is <laughs> no. there a beating of Fashion Dreamer? No. Alright, I'm going to talk about Warrior first real quick because I just want to establish why I haven't played a whole lot of it. No disparagement against WarioWare. It seems like a very well-made WarioWare game. It has a lot of fun poses. It's got a, fair, a lot of very cool animated cutscenes that are a lot of fun and have that WarioWare spirit and sense of humor to them. It's a blast, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of cool, fun stuff that you're doing in that game. Little note, though, from what I understand from other people's experiences with it, the solo experience is very shallow. You're going to finish most of the solo cap- content in about an hour or so. And there's not a whole lot of replayability because there's only 300 mini games in the game. So just know going in, if you want this to be a solo um, experience that you're going to spend a lot of time with, you might be disappointed in this game. Also, so, but if you have friends, the multiplayer stuff, and there's a lot of multiplayer stuff, seems to be the ticket to admission here. Some multiplayer will require you to have a second set of Joy-Cons. Of course, the Switch itself only comes with one, so you may have to be in a situation where you have another set for a second player to play with. Just a heads up there. The second thing that I think that people need to know if they're going to buy this game, because I did not know and it screwed me over. It's the reason why I haven't played more than 45 minutes of this game. Some of the poses for the motion controls require you to have the snap-on wrist straps 
for the Joy-Cons that come with the original Switch package. These are the plastic covers that slide on and have a tether that you yeah. connect to your wrist. The reason why they're required is because some of the poses in some of the minigames require you to hold your Joy-Cons like this for people on the audio the, the in front of you in your fists and then drop them as if you're dropping them, but have them dangle and not obviously fall on the floor and break. <laughs> it requires you to do this. I think this is the game telling you to that you have giving you a reason to have those wrist straps on because otherwise you would just raw dog them and they don't want you to raw dog them because then you're going to toss them in your TV 2006 mm -hmm. Wii style. So, unfortunately, I can only find one of them. I don't know where the other one is, so I can't play those mini games now. Like, I can drop them fully on the ground, but I have hardwood floors, I don't really want to do that. So I'm kind of at an impasse with this game right now where I'm like, I want to play more of it and I want to see all the poses and have fun with WarioWare, but I physically cannot because I cannot find the other wrist strap. So it's, isn't there a setting that you can turn it off though? Not that I can find. It seems like because it's so a bulk of the mini games for two of the levels uh, in the story mode, I just can't finish those story modes, which means I can't finish the story, which means I can't unlock stuff that unlocks. So that's why I stopped. I hit a wall where I was like, I cannot do this minigame. Another little bit of frustration I had in this brief time that I was, the motion controls and don't, don't like the, and I know your, your, your mind is going to be blown when I say this, if anybody's been paying attention to video games since 2006. Sometimes the motion controls don't work. And that means you do fail the minigame. There was one in particular that's a boss battle on one of the um, one of the story modes. If you're new to WarioWare, most of the WarioWare uh, sets of 10 to 15 minigames end with a boss battle, which is a slightly longer minigame that is more involved. And this level has one where you are flying. You're a guy in a flight suit, and you're holding your your arms out with your Joy-Cons like wings, and you're flapping up, up and down. So, fun in theory, right? Well, I'm flying and trying to navigate around this level, and the like tracking just completely breaks down, and I lose every time I try. I have not beat it. I have not finished that minigame. Because Your wingspan is too big. My wingspan is too big, I guess. I don't know what it's looking for that I'm not delivering. And so I just rage quit. I was just like, this is not fun anymore. Like, if it worked every time perfectly then it wouldn't be an issue and it would be a fun relaxing time but that's the catch-22 about motion control games it has to work every time or else that frustration is not due to skill it becomes due to technology restraints and that's a bad feeling to have with any video game so we'll see what happens in the next week if i um you know i was considering getting another set of joy cons but that seems like a really silly idea when a new Switch could be announced at any time. So I'm going back and forth in my head about what possibly I'm going to do with this game that I spent, you know, 50 bucks on that I can't play right now in its full way. I'm kind of, I'm at a lack, like, right now. I guess I could see if I could order just new sets of the straps. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like a ridiculous ask. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated right now with my WarioWare experience. But overall, it's getting pretty mixed reviews. It seems like most people aren't super happy with it either. So 
that's WarriorWare. Unfortunately, it looks like it's not the game that anybody wanted it to be. That's unfortunate. I mean, just yeah. in you have a game specifically made and tailored to use those Joy Cons yeah. for multiple people, and to just have it completely I don't want to say completely fail because most of it works, but yeah. to just hit brick walls when it doesn't work and not having a workaround yeah. seems like a really weird caveat to finish a game. It's disappointing, especially considering that we or uh, uh, we sports for Switch or Switch Sports or whatever that game was called. One two Switch. Um, no, 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 the sports one. Oh, remember that? That was a game that came out. Yes, we both bought it and played it like once. Uh, <laughs> that game did not require the wrist, wrist straps, and I didn't. I don't recall having as many motion control issues with that. So it goes to show you that there's a way to do it. This ain't it. Unfortunately, WarioWare is a bit of a disappointment for me. But what's not a disappointment? Yes, yeah, that's unfortunate. But on the nice. other side, the 10-hour game. But yeah, thankfully, though, something else came out that has purely absorbed my time. Caveat. This game will not work for you if, one, you're not interested in fashion design, and two, if you want any sort of challenge. Because Fashion Dreamer does not deliver on either of those counts. It is a very niche product for a very niche audience, and it knows what it is, and it does only one thing, which is gives you a platform to dress avatars, basically, and see other people's dressed avatars and share them across the internet. That is literally the only thing this game does. But if that very concept sounds interesting to you, absolutely, and you have a Switch, absolutely buy this game. That is that's my review of Fashion Dreamer. So if you are a honestly wannabe up and camera, <laughs> um, if you are interested in fashion of any kind of designing fashion, yeah, clothing, outfits, patterns, is does Fashion Dreamer put the dream a reality? Well, yes and no. I say yes and no, and there's a reason why I didn't say design when I was describing this game, because this is not a fashion design game. Fashion Dreamer follows in the footsteps of the style savvy games, but the difference here is, instead of a shop owner or employee, you are now an influencer, and your fashion world is takes place on social media, essentially. Um, so the complete like setup of the style savvy games is gone. It's been tossed. So you're no longer maintaining inventory. You're no longer like pleasing clients. There's no uh, currency to buy clothes here. It is just, well, sort of, I don't know. It's complicated. Um, it's it's no longer about a business. It is just your influence, your, your web clout, your likes. It is the economy of likes in Fashion Dreamer. So the reason why I say it's not a design game is because there is an item creation tool, but... The item creation, I'm using giant quotes, is literally just choosing new color palettes for existing items. So the game has a bunch of existing clothing items that it has provided for you. And what the people are doing, you included, are making new color variants of those items. And that is what you're selling as your brand of fashion. So if you're going into this thinking you're going to create patterns, or you're going to create completely new garments, 
if you want like sewing simulation, if you want like to get really into the nitty gritty of design, that's not here. You're going to be disappointed if you're expecting a fashion sim from this. This is not, that's not what this is. The creation is limited just to new color palettes, but there's a lot you can do with color, it turns out. And that is where the challenge, what there is of this game, comes in. Um, yeah, there's a lot of depth here. There's a lot of stuff to do. You have a showroom that you can uh, show off your own creations. Um, you can, The online mode is great because you can interact with other people. Like, not in real time. You could basically go up to stand-ins, stand basically, of other real people and like their outfits to get their clothes to, to begin your inventory and create new outfits for them. And that's how fashion spreads throughout the, the, the Fashion Dreamer universe. So you could have a thing that you created, post it to the, like, the fashion board in the lobby, and then come back to the game a day later and have 100 likes on that item from real people across the world. This happened to me. It's a really cool feeling. And you get like 10,000 points, like influencer points for every time that happens. So you could have like a million points just from like a lot of people interacting with your stuff. There's also computer characters that you can design for uh, to get like extra like cool like photo benefits or extra items you can use. Um, as you get more and more likes, you rank up your style uh, ranking and then you can make more complicated clothes. And the more complicated the clothes is, the higher rarity clothes, there'll be certain, um, like the more likely it's going to like reach the upper echelon of like the top five trending fashions of that week. It's a really cool game with a lot going on and a lot of kind of, yeah, sort of endless customization options, as long as you're okay with just customizing colors. Now, so, you have yeah. to be online for all of this to work, though, right? You have to have Nintendo online? So for the online stuff to interact with actual other designers' works, yes. There is a solo mode, though, that does have a lot of that, a lot of the experience without the online stuff. You can still design for computer characters, for example. You can still create your own um, garments based on in-game garments and create kind of your own ecosystem for that stuff. Just keep cranking them out yourself. But the numbers go higher and the interactions are why you're playing the game ostensibly. So I 100% recommend the online mode beyond. In a similar way to Mario Wonder, which I talked about last week, the online mode adds so much of a layer. But just like Mario Wonder, it's a passive experience and not an active experience, which makes it a really interesting use of online. And it goes to show you that even Nintendo can be innovative in the online space, believe it or not, every once in a while. I think it's really cool. I'm playing a lot of it. There's a really engaging photo mode. There's so much stuff you can do to customize your character and everybody else. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a blast as long as you know exactly what it is before you go into it. If you're expecting too much of a fashion design game, you're going to be disappointed. And there's nothing here for people who are not interested in a fashion game because that is all it does. It is one thing, and that's it. That's it. So, buyer beware, beware of what it is, but it's pretty much made for me, and I'm having a blast with it. This will absolutely be in my top five. <laughs> so, might be the only person on the earth to do that, but hey, they made it for me, and that's okay. 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's they should put out a demo for this thing because I feel like yeah. people might not know this is their shit, but when they play it, maybe they'll find out or the opposite. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, without a demo, it's really hard to know. But you're enjoying it. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything anyway. else you played? Uh, just a little bit more Mario Wonder. Uh, but besides that, it's just been Fashion Dreamer. So in right. that case, unless you played anything, what do you got? Um, nope. I mean, like I said, I played uh, that Warcraft Rumble game. Which both like is and isn't exactly what you want it to be, yeah. Um, because it part of it is pay to play, so stop pay to play, pay to win. So eventually, you're gonna hit that wall where okay, you're either gonna grind out to level up your characters, or you're gonna pay to level them up themselves. Mm-hmm. That seems odd, or like not great. It but is. Who knows. All right, let's move on to our second half of the show, where we always start with television, and we always start the television section with the sports corner. Point, 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 point to it. Thank you. Thank you for pointing to the sports. We start the sports corner with, of course, the wrap-up of the Major League Baseball season as your World Series has been determined. Your champions are, for the first time in their franchise history, the Texas Rangers winning over the Arizona Diamondbacks. I thought it was a pretty good series. I thought it was a pretty good series. I mean, a little lopsided uh, in favor of Texas, especially the Texas offense once they got rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a fun time. I think it really showed off the strengths of both teams. We also, you don't have this here, but today we learned uh, who the finalists are for the MVPs for both leagues. Oh, yeah, no, I'm pulling up, by the way. You're pulling that up right now? I also pulled it up. Yeah. Um. So your American League, as promised, includes, of course, Shohei Otani. And two Texas Rangers, uh, including Marcus Simeon and uh, blah, 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 the other guy. I had it. And then Corey Seager. Bigger, yeah. Yeah. The, the former you- Dodger. Yes. And then your National League MVP finalists are Ronald Acuna Jr. because, of course, Freddie Freeman because, of course, and Mookie Betts because, I don't know. Yeah, because he's Mookie Betts, I guess. Because he's Mookie Betts, yep. So uh, what are your picks on both sides there? What do you think? I mean, it seems like Otani compared to those two, but then again, yeah, they did win the championship and Otani didn't. But Otani was still the uh, the uh, the home run leader in the league, and probably stat wise outdoes both of them. On top of also being a pitcher, yes, and a pitcher, <laughs> yes. So I think it's Otani. I think so too for his second trophy. Meanwhile, I think it will be a big surprise if Acuna Jr. is not the National League choice. Yeah, because he was leading pretty much every other category in the NL. So there's that. So we will find out on Monday the, what day is that? The 13th? The 13th, yep. Uh, that will be the voting uh, for the, the MVP selected. So we will see next week when that happens. But 
when one season ends, mm-hmm. the next season begins the very next day. And thus, free agency is yes. upon us. So yes, the other news that came out of today is, as of today, the free agents are free uh, to sign wherever they are. Teams were able to do qual- to give qualifying offers for the free agents if they so chose. The Angels did make a qualifying offer towards Shohei Otani. It was only $20 million, though, and he is likely to decline. Well, yeah, he's probably going to get more, like $50 million per season. Right. But the reason they did that initially is essentially yes. is because this. Yes. if he signs with another team, that means they have to give the Angels draft picks for it now. Correct. Yes. So it is the in the team's important best. And rarely pans out draft picks. Yes, but hey, what are you going to do? You're losing Otani, you might as well get something from that. Well, we lost Otani's arm, so yeah. we might as well get something for that. So yeah, so it's just a matter of time right now to find out where all these inc- uh, free agents, including Shohei Otani, end up. So yeah, we'll I keep our eyes peeled over the next couple of weeks. Also, eyes peeled on new signings for staff. We had a couple of coaches named today. We had... Um, yeah, we Voto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former, was it? We went to the Phillies, right? The former Phillies went to the Phillies. Former Philly went to. Or the Reds. One of the red teams. Another team. But yeah, um, a lot of moving and shaking uh, staff wise, uh, coach wise, manager wise this week. Speaking yep. of, uh, yeah, so we should know, especially about here uh, uh, for, for Angels purposes, we should know. Where where our new uh, general manager is going to be? We should know who our new uh, hitting and pitching coaches are going to be. I believe there's a full refresh staff wise for the Angels coming up. Yeah, but not just uh, the Angels. Um, You're looking a lot of other across the league. Astros probably going to do something. Brewers, Um, Mm -hmm. Padres with their stacked team on paper have yet to actually (laughs) come up with any type of hardware for any of their players. Yeah, so a lot of question marks will be answered in the coming weeks. So we should know sooner than later. But then, believe it or not, believe it or not, we're everyone's just really waiting to see what the Yankees do once they open up the checkbooks and say, "Hey, come <laughs> play with us." Yeah, so just a matter of time to find out. Yeah, but there's other sports happening though. Uh, other in championships the world of, happening. Yes, in the world of NASCAR, your favorite. Ross Watermelon Boss Chastain did win the checkered flag, but fortunately did not win the championship. That would be Ryan Blaney. Yes, because Ross Watermelon Boss Chastain was not in the final four, but right. he still won the race because they yeah. let people who are not in the final four race with the final four to walk yeah, them out. Knows. Well, because a four car race is boring. That's why. <laughs> it kind of is. That's why. But hey, Ryan Blaney and Blaney's Ladies. All celebrated a championship win because unlike leading up to the race where it's done in uh, three races for each stage, NASCAR has a winner-take-all championship-style race in Phoenix. Got it. So congratulations um, to the doctor. Your driver won uh, the (laughs) championship this year. Congrats. Next up, we have the National Basketball Association. So all NBA teams right now have at least won one and lost one. So there are no undefeated or uh, the opposite of undefeated teams left in the league. 
winless. <laughs> winless. That's the word. Uh, so yeah, pretty competitive uh, season already. Yep, they are doing their in-season tournament where right. whoever wins will get an automatic bid to the playoffs. Um, just just part of like being good at the beginning of the season, and then <laughs> you may stumble at the end, but hey, yeah. at least you already got that secured. It's a neat idea. Uh, this is the first time that they're attempting this, I believe. They did it last year to varying oh, okay. degree. All right, so we will see. Mm-hmm. Next up, hockey. The San Jose Sharks still have not won a game, but everybody else is on on a different page. So yes, the hockey uh, season continues. Note: I want to note this weird streak that the Anaheim Ducks are on. Uh, I do not want to note that. <laughs> uh, they've won six games in a row. Somehow? Yes. Yes, I, I would like not like to note that. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, your Kings a slightly less stellar record. Yes, but still doing okay. Still fighting. Still fighting the good fight. It's early. And then lastly, here you have news about the ICC Cricket World Cup, where India remains undefeated. Yep, Uh, because they only play once a week. I talked about that this started um, towards the beginning of football season when it started. And yeah, India, through eight games, the last team to be, or last country, team, country, uh, to be undefeated in the World Cup. So congratulations. Uh, You still have four more games before you get into playoffs. There you go. Any other sports news that we need to address before we move on? Uh, In NFL news, this upcoming week is the last weekend where they will be doing an overseas game. Um, The Colts will be taking on the Patriots in Germany for the final overseas game, meaning after that, everyone plays within the u.s after that um and the eagles still only one loss so <laughs> screw you guys I yeah. guess. <laughs> so look forward to that team yes man. yes um, the brotherly brotherly shove can yeah. go shove it i recently learned about the brotherly shove and i thought it was hilarious um but yes anyway let's move on do you think they should ban it? I just want to get your 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 uh, two cents about that. They they need to make it even. Well, okay, so yes and no because other teams have done this yeah. to varying degrees of success. But the reason why it probably should be banned is because as a defender on the defense, you cannot push your player into the offensive line, <laughs> whereas the offense can push their offensive line into the defensive player. That's yeah. the shove part. So it's hard for a defensive player to be able to Depending push back against it. essentially yeah. a thousand pounds coming up against them. <laughs> well, that's their problem. It sounds like to me that this is a skill issue. Yes, it does sound to me like it is a defensive <laughs> problem. Anyways, they'll figure it out. Let's move on. Uh, we have some proper television news to get to. And we start with a story that a lot of people are going to respond to, which is, wait, I thought that already happened. So we did talk about this last week in a really brief bit that, hey, yes, with uh, November 1st coming up, that this was probably going to happen. And it turns out, another one of the things where we can just pay with the phone, then again, anyone paying attention to this could have picked up the phone and called this. We, We knew pretty much right after the Fox buyout that Disney's goal at the end of the day was to be a fully, fully owned 
like to wholly own Hulu. Like, Not necessarily. It was either to fully own Hulu under mm-hmm. Iger or for him to fully it divest out. it yeah. to another entity. So it looks like they have chosen the latter or the, the former instead of the latter. And uh, Disney has agreed to take full control of Hulu in a deal with Comcast, which previously owned a third of the streamer ever since Disney's acquisition of 21st Century Fox back in the day. A securities filing confirmed that NBC Universal triggered this purchase earlier in the day. Quote, we look forward to the appraisal process and the determination of Hulu's fair market value, which we expect will reflect the extraordinary value of the business, Comcast said in a statement. As per an agreement towards the two com- or between the two companies, Hulu was set to get a fair market value assessment from independent experts, but the guaranteed minimum Hulu valuation of $27.5 billion means that Disney knew that it had enough it had to cough up at least $9 billion to do so. In the filing Wednesday, Disney said that it expects to pay $8.61 billion by December 1st, which meets the floor valuation, though it will go through the appraisal process to make the final determination of Hulu's value and how much, if any, the company will need to pay beyond that. So the numbers are pending, but this will happen. And at the end of the day, at the end of this transaction, there will no be no other other owner. This will no longer be a joint venture. Hulu will become a fully owned and operated subsidiary of Disney. After this and happens. this then transitions into what Peter has been speculating into 2024 of Disney Plus absolving both yeah. Hulu and ESPN into a single app. Yeah, just just move it all into one big thing. Uh, makes sense at this point to do so. The question remains then, Will how long do we have until Hulu is no longer the vessel in which all network television follows? Do you think there is a deadline where that stops being the case? Uh, yes, there has to be, just because of everyone is now doing their own independent streaming thing. Yeah. And that means that, hey, DirecTV stream, Sling TV stream. Do I even mention FUBU? Fubo in this conversation. How dare you? How dare you mention Fubo? Uh, become the uh, or I guess let's just say the direct competitor then. YouTube TV, where their um live streaming is divested across multiple channels. Because will Disney even entertain that idea of live streaming TV to its competitors if it doesn't have to? I mean, this is these are all great questions for Disney to figure out. Um, and yeah, I really wonder where it's going to go. Because I doubt they, they just reopen those doors and say, yeah, you can stream on us for a third of the price because right. we're hemorrhaging money and we need uh, other investors back into Hulu to make it something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll ultimately see what happens, but it'll be it'll be a weird one. Well, yeah, I mean, initial it's... value of $27.5 billion dollars. And they're just like, okay, we'll pay you eight billion of the nine billion. We'll see what the next one to two billion um, right. estimated value is. <laughs> you will find out. All right, let's move on into the second half, the second part of our news today, which is some bits we gathered, some TV bits here and there for you. The bits, the bits. We start with an announcement from CBS about the future of their late night programming, specifically 
who will take over the time slot previously previously reserved for James Corden's Late Late Show. We finally have an answer, and it combines a couple of stories that we've been talking about. We had previously heard that they were going to revive the At Midnight game show uh, uh, format format from from Comedy Central Central that they had let languish on the Viacom shelves Mm -hmm. for a few years. That is now official. That is what that new what will be placed in that new time slot, and hosting it will be comedian Taylor Tomlinson, who you might know from her Netflix specials Quarter Life Crisis and Look at You. She will be the host of the show, and it will be called After Midnight, and will premiere early in 2024. And it will premiere after midnight, yes. mainly after the Late Show uh, at 12. 30 i believe something like that something around that time so are you familiar at all with taylor tomlinson before this announcement uh no i would not really so in a weird cosmic sense of timing my tiktok started my algorithm drove me to her last week before this announcement happened and i started seeing clips of her stand-up and i was like "Eh, this lady's funny and then i watched both of her specials last uh a few days ago loved it She's great. Big fan now. And so then when this got announced, I was like, huh, okay. Weird timing, but all right. <laughs> so I was, I'm, I'm totally down. Do I wish that this was just a late night show and that she had been given the reins of an actual late night show? Yes. But of all the possible names that they could have attached to a like this, this game show format, I'm glad it's not somebody we hate. <laughs> that's at least that's what i will say it would be very easy for them to put a somebody that is um well let's say a chris hardwick type in the show that chris hardwick used to, to host yes. it'd be very easy for them to do that they chose not to and i bless them for it so but yeah i fully recommend checking out her specials on netflix they're a good time and do note that this is now the second entity from comedy central that cbs has just decided to Yoink from Viacom and say, "Hey, let's put this on CBS." Yeah, just keep they just keep doing it, just like reorganizing their properties in different formats and different networks. Yep, because hey, why not? Let's move on to our next bit here. Dune prequel series, Dune: The Sisterhood, will be renamed Dune Prophecy, and is expected to premiere in fall of 2024. And where is this landing? Uh, this is on Max because yes. this is through um, H- not HBO, but uh, yeah, Warner. Warner, yeah. uh, because they're doing Dune, which was supposed to come out this week, but it's not. It's coming <laughs> out in March now yeah. because of the yeah. strike because they couldn't promote it. Yeah. So essentially, what was supposed to be a fall or sorry, a spring preview for this, following Dune two. Is now going to be a fall preview or series following the spring film. Now everything got pushed back. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're if they're going to invest money into Dune. They're they're trying to find their own uh, like Dune Game of Thrones style uh, universe. Because why not? It's pretty to look at, and why not? <laughs> Political intrigue. They got it. Might as well use it. Yep. All right. Next bit. The Matthew Perry Foundation has been set up. Its goal is to help those struggling with drug and alcohol abuse. Of course, this is in the wake of Matthew Perry's death. 
And it's cool to see his name associated with something that will benefit people who went through similar struggles or are going through similar struggles that Matthew Perry did. I think this is a good move. Yeah. Um, posthumously attaching yeah. his his name is being attached to this. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's to help prevent uh, not just actors, but anybody who went through what he did. I mean, I think that um, one of the things that was circulating around his death was that he had said multiple times that he didn't want his time on Friends to be his legacy. He didn't want that to define him. Mm-hmm. And so this is a perfect example of what to do when somebody says that. It's like, no, let's make something that does define you, which is hoping that nobody follows in his footsteps and doesn't endure the pain that he did. So yeah. it's. I think this, this makes a lot of sense. This is good. I'm sure he would love it. And with that, there's also a lot of articles now coming out and being written of actors, um, co-stars, not not, not the co-stars, um, but the guest actors who worked and also all the writers yeah. who would come out and say like how he was always funny, different notes that he would give, um, different plot threads that were talked about and ultimately dropped because of him. Right. So yeah. those are all out there for you to read now. Yep, bits and pieces of his legacy right there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and then lastly in the bits here, a new lawsuit alleges that HBO boss Casey Bloys ordered staff to create fake accounts to undermine and confront TV critics criticizing their shows. This is currently ongoing. This was yes. launched today. Uh, <laughs> and very interesting that, yeah, um, IP addresses don't lie, especially when yeah. you... <laughs> Well, you can see where things are being sent from, and they're all being sent from the same IP address in the same yeah. building in the same location. I mean, let's be real. I'm surprised that this has not shown up with more studios. I'm not. I'm like. I'm not shocked. Like, I would be shocked if this becomes an expose through the entire industry of mm-hmm. inside people trying to fight against negative press like this. I mean, we already see that with the Oscars and award season. <laughs> yeah but yeah um not surprising um i want to say this is more recently with hbo uh especially being criticized especially with max uh rolling out new series constantly yeah Uh, but i would not be surprised that this went deeper than that well i bet so we'll keep an eye on this one to see what happens with it yep all right any other tv bits before we move on uh nope we'll get to the writers strike or the actors strike next up in movies okay and then uh any thoughts any television that you watched this week that you want to talk about uh i did end up finishing pluto on netflix really well done um i did like that it the story is told out of order so you get more information the more you go and it's like oh that means this and that means that and you kind of put the pieces together Mm -hmm. um for it um it does ultimately end up to a big light being robot on robot battle i mean but of course of course it <laughs> I, is an I, anime it is an anime it does deal with robotics so was not surprised at that but then also kind of rolled my eyes like oh okay i guess you didn't really know but you didn't really want to go the phys- the uh psychological route eventually so big yeah. battle it is Fair um, enough. and then still watching um uh, lessons in chemistry and right. still enjoying that doctors in Doctors are really enjoying that. Cool. Okay. 
I don't have anything new to talk about, but I will have something interesting, an interesting anecdote for next week, because tomorrow, uh, Christy and I are going to do something that we've never done before. We are going to, roll please, um, a live taping of Jeopardy. We'll be in the Jeopardy audience uh, what? tomorrow. You yes. know you can't say out the answers. <laughs> no, we know. Obviously we know. No, but we, uh, yeah, we got the free tickets uh, for Jeopardy uh, recording tomorrow. So we'll be going to Studio City and uh, tuning in for our episode tomorrow. Sitting in with the one and only Ken Jennings. Yes. And guests. And whoever dorks that they've got playing. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking hey, forward to it. it we'll be one of those dorks eventually. <laughs> yeah. I won't be my, my first uh, studio audience. I have had two prior, but uh, this will be the best one probably <laughs> yes three that we've done then let's make a deal uh was that you and mark no? yes yeah no and, oh that was chris uh we did uh, a price is right okay and then i haven't done prices right i've done let's make a deal okay i've done and then i did a taping of um a tv land sitcom that's the one we did that's the one i did with you okay yes uh oh, yeah. the the x's Oh God, yeah, that, the X's. You remember that one? Yes. Where, oh, yeah, I, Wayne I, Knight, the Wayne Knight vehicle, the X's. Yes, where I misread the title and said it was the execs. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, this will be better than those two, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll talk about that experience next week. But in the meantime, let's move on into some cancellations and renewals, shall we? What am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching Paramount Plus's Joe Pickett, as it has been canceled after two seasons. Meanwhile, the CW has brought down the hammer on Superman and Lois after its upcoming fourth season. So it's already shot fourth season. This upcoming one will just air the episodes. Part of CW's um, ending of all the superhero stuff. Hulu has confirmed that the 12th season of Letterkenny will be its final season as well then we have one renewal or two renewals here on hulu hulu has said that they are going to renew futurama for two more seasons bringing it to a 14 both of those will be 10 episodes it's said to be 20 episode order in total split across two seasons right and then hulu is also bringing back the bear for a third season yes chef Yes, and that will premiere later next year, I believe they said. Yes. Yes. Um, Love it. A lot more of the bear. Everybody does. Continues to be one of my top shows. Everybody loves the bear. All right. Let's talk about one quick death this week. Bob Knight, age 83, a Hall of Fame basketball coach, coached the Indiana Hoosiers, Texas Tech Red Raiders, and the 1984 Olympic basketball team. Uh, fun fact that 1984 Olympic basketball team was the last time of amateur basketball right. was being played. Yes. After that, they allowed professionals to be played. But that 1984 team did consist of one Michael Jordan and one Patrick Ewing. So oh, how yeah. amateur were they <laughs> on the court? <laughs> That's a know. good question. But yes, obviously a Hall of Fame coach, a storied coach. Um, yeah, Red sweaters, a- white hair, throwing chairs. Yep, that guy. A name and uh, and uh, uh, legacy that will be remembered for sure. Just ask Ron Swanson. 
Exactly. Let's move on to the movies section, our last section of the show today, where we always start with the weekend box office numbers. This week's number one movie is a holdover from last week, Five Nights at Freddy's, which made another $19.4 million. That's sitting at $113.6 million domestic. For its last time in this chart, we have number two, Taylor <laughs> Swift, The Eras Tour, which I believe its limited engagement ended this past weekend, which is mm-hmm. the reason why I say that. $13.5 million this week. That will uh, likely wrap up with a $166 million domestic total. Not bad at all. Uh, yep, that is domestic, not including the international total. Yes. Number three, Killers of the Flower Moon with another $7 million. That's just at 52. I don't think that is bringing in the numbers that they hoped it would. Number four, premiering this week, Priscilla with $5 million. I will have thoughts about this as Christy and I have tickets for our local art theater on Thursday. So I will talk about Priscilla next week. And then rounding out your top five is Radical with a $2.7. 2.7 million dollar debut. 2.7 dollars. Just that's it. That's all me. That's a no. huge drop off. Yeah. Um. So for international, um, on that Taylor Swift Eras tour. Yeah. 65 million brings the worldwide total to 231 million dollars on a budget of what, like 20 million probably. <laughs> probably. If that, like, I don't even know. Like, how cheap was that to make? I bet it was super cheap. Anyway. We have Anyways, new releases. Uh, that puts now. it at, well, currently the 13th highest rate film uh, in terms of box office. Wow. She couldn't have she couldn't have <laughs> done better than that. Exactly where she wanted it, I'm sure. Um <laughs> yeah, she was a mastermind, you know. She just makes these things happen. One new release this week. Uh, of course, you know what it is. It's the Marvels. Uh the MCU film that will bring Brie Larson's Captain Marvel back to the big screen, as well as Kamala Khan from the Miss Marvel television series. Yep. So and uh Tiana Paris from WandaVision. Yes. As Spectre, I believe sure. is the conflict name. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so uh yeah, uh seems to be uh, coming in a little lower than expectations. People are expecting around a fifty um, de- a million dollar debut for this. Um, yeah, I'm looking at a one sixty to one eighty global weekend. Yeah. So probably put your expectations pretty low. That being said, I'm interested in this one. This is the first MCU movie I'm interested in a while because I really enjoyed the Ms. Marvel series on Disney Plus, and I would like to see what that character does next. And the premise of the Marvels is an interesting premise. Um, and I like Brie Larson. So I might check this out maybe next week or something. But uh, for now, um, that is out. And it is your only movie out in theaters this week. I mean, if you like Brie Larson, you should be watching Lessons of Chemistry. Really? Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Do that or watch four hours of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tonight? Hmm. Questions. <laughs> all right uh move on on to movie news i put the wrong thing up there give me a second here Oop. our first story is a familiar one we've all been all about the labor this year this has been hot labor 2023 and in this case labor's story both stories in film again starting with 
Walt Disney Animation Studios announcing that the production workers have voted to unionize. Out of a total of 68 voters, 63 of them voted in favor, with five workers who voted against. If neither of the parties files an objection to the result in five days, they will be certified, and labor and management can begin bargaining a first contract. Animation Guild organizer Allison Smart said, quote, as the first production workers as a at a feature animation studio to unionize with TAG, the production workers at Disney are a shining example of tremendous teamwork, patience, fortitude, and courage in the face of the company's delay tactics. End quote. The workers first announced their intent to unionize back in March, stating that Disney had denied their request to voluntarily recognize the group. The bargaining unit of production workers at Disney is just the latest for the Animation Guild. The union has been recently making inroads with these workers at various brands, including Nickelodeon, Shadow Machine, Titmouse New York, and Titmouse Los Angeles. But Disney is probably the biggest fish in that pond, so to get the Disney animators to sign out, that's a win. Yep, that's a huge domino to fall, so don't yes. be surprised if other animated studios in and around the area. Looking at you, Sony. Looking at you, Sony. We gotta have that third Spider-Man. Yep. <laughs> Looking at you, DreamWorks. Looking at DreamWorks. We gotta have that sixth Kung Fu Panda. No one is saying that. No one is saying this except for you. Jack Black is saying that. He needs that Kung Fu Panda money. Jack Black doesn't need any money. I think he's doing okay. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, this is a good story. Um, it's heartening to know such a big storied animation studio is jumping on the union train. It's about time. They've had an interesting relationship with labor over the years. Uh, you well, can it took bring... a hundred animated films to get there. You can always uh, put up those sto- the, uh, those um, uh, pictures of when the animators went on strike uh, in back in the day in the uh, 30s, 40s. I forget when it was uh, and how Walt Disney was so anti-union, he was pissed off about it. So yeah, it's an, it's that's definitely uh, a way to make him roll around in his grave a few times. You mean his ice chamber? I knew you were going to do the freezing joke. Yes. <laughs> it's too easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Speaking of low-hanging fruit, <laughs> the MPTP think that their fruit is too sweet. SAG after doesn't agree. The negotiations have continued, but it looks like that the AMTP, uh, AMPTP is offering, quote, their final offer this week, saying that the current offer is the best that it can do and it will not negotiate further. We saw a similar tactic in the writer's strike and it failed as well. So don't, <laughs> don't think that they actually have any momentum here. The offer includes a success bonus for streaming shows, increases in the minimum rates, and some editor's notes. Protections against artificial intelligence. That was actually drop it um, like a couple hours ago that the uh, ANPP has um, conceded on some artificial intelligence. Not all. Yeah, not all. But the thing is, is I don't think they're going to accept any terms that aren't all at this point. And nor should they. Um, Anyway. The negotiation, oh yeah, the negotiation communities spent nearly 12 hours on Sunday crafting its response. In a message to members Monday afternoon, the union said it was working to end their strike responsibly, but said that the two sides still have differences. Quote, there are several essential items on which we still do not have an agreement, including AI. We will keep you informed as events unfold. Meanwhile, the union continued to hit the picket lines on Monday in New York and Los Angeles, 
SAG-AFTRA has scheduled regular picketing through Thursday of this week, with a planned off off day on Friday for the Veterans Day holiday. So striking will continue, picketing will continue until uh, negotiations complete. And I don't think that this will be the studio's final offer. They will have to meet the the union at some point. Well, yeah, no, it can still be the studio's final offer. Yeah. That just means that they will accept the sag after <laughs> offer. <laughs> you would hope that they will, because yes, this is getting a little long in the tooth at this point. Uh, hopefully they can figure it out within maybe next week. We'll see. Yep. And as we talked about last week, if this continues for another week into the 14th and 15th, then huge shuffling will have to be made for the 2024 Yes. Film year. Every day I'm shuffling, but I don't know if every day the studios are ready for that much shuffling. They need to call they are LMFAO. old white men. They cannot be yes. shuffling for that much longer. Call LMFAO and do shuffles uh, training, <laughs> and maybe they can figure it out. That's it for movie news. Do we have any movie thoughts this week? Um, No, but it is the upcoming thanksgiving holiday so movies are happening movies are happening holiday films are happening um both charlie brown thanksgiving and charlie brown's specials (laughs) the classics are happening happening. so that's kind of what i'm watching (laughs) yeah you know same same year it's been a lot of catch-up we almost watched the hulu film quiz lady i keep uh, getting bombarded for that yeah, we almost watched it because the premise seems interesting. Jason Schwartzman is in that. Um, Will Ferrell's in it, so. Ferrell's in that. Uh, and Sandra Oh, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got an interesting cast. It's got an interesting premise. We are we haven't pulled the trigger on it. Maybe that's something we'll watch during birthday dinner tomorrow for Christy. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, maybe I'll talk about that and Priscilla next week. Maybe I'll get a do- double dose of movies from me. And we'll I did follow through on last week's promise. I did watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Of course you did. But we've talked to death about that movie. So we don't and we'll talk, talk about, about that movie more at the end of the year. Wait until the end of the year for that. But in the meantime, that, I believe, will do it for the movie section. And hey, I think that's it for the Media Boat Podcast this week. Yeah, it is. Let's wrap it up here. Let's wrap it up. So thank you for joining us. If you watch, if you want to see future episodes in video form, you can find us on YouTube. Search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when new videos go up. We are also on audio services such as podcast, like any podcast service that you have, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can also find us on social media networks such as Twitter slash X, where we're at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast there. Twitch.tv slash Media Boat is where you can find us playing video games. Are you still playing Spider-Man? I am still playing Spider-Man. I am just not streaming it. I finally got to the Venom portion of it. Ooh. And there's a section there where... You rampage across New York City as Venom. I was shocked to see that. I was yeah. happy to play as it, but now I am in the destruction wake of what I've done. <laughs> so it's like this is such a cool experience, but also now you've completely like shaken up the map that I've just gotten used to. So oops. Way to go, Somniac. You really know how to like craft a memorable experience. <laughs> well, there you go. 
So that is a work in progress. But yes. maybe in the future we'll have more streaming on twitch.tv slash MediaBoats. Check that mm-hmm. out sometime. And then we're on MediaBoatPodcast.com if you want to see an archive of our old shows as well as some write-ups, including my most recent write-up, which I believe was about Super Mario Brothers Wonder that went up last week. Yep. Then last but definitely not least, if you have questions, comments, feedback about the show, if you want us to read a question and answer it here on the show, you can email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, that will be it. We will bid you adieu until next week. We'll have all sorts of stuff. Uh, Movie thoughts, uh, game thoughts, uh, television thoughts. Who knows what we'll have. News, hot off the presses. All we we still continue to track more. SAG-AFTRA until yes. a deal is made. So next Maybe week we'll so. have more news, more thoughts, and more of us. So tune in then. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.